0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Lindsay. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today we have a very special guest, Katie Rose Donahue Enriquez, um, who has just finished doing her solo show, Fish of Queenstown, um, last year at the Hollywood Fringe Festival and Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and is taking it back to New York in June. Um, Katie Rose is actually also directing a show at the Hollywood Fringe this year called Homeless Romantic so please go check it out all the details of Homeless Romantic and Queen of Fishtown will be in the episode description along with social media links all right buckle up have a great little fun time oh and before I forget there were some technical issues with the um, show just with some of the internet connection so I've tried my best to edit around but there might be a few blips all right but welcome to the show, Katie Rose. Hi. Now, do you use your whole name? Is it Katie Rose Donahue Enriquez? Is that how you say
1: it? Um, yes, and um I use all all and any parts of the name, you know. Gotcha. Some people still call me Donahue. My married name's Enriquez, and then I go by Katie Rose and Katie and Kate and <laughs> K-Ro and uh KR and
0: well, yeah. I love Katie Rose. It's really pretty. thank you so much (laughs) um okay so we I have a lot of things I've got a lot I've got all the questions um so basically how this came about is your show just kept popping up I feel like I saw it last year at Fringe because not the show but I saw it like popping up on Fringe last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. but last year for Fringe for me was like a fucking roller coaster of bananas because I got COVID halfway through oh god and so all the shows I had oh it was so it was the second time that year I was <sighs> pissed. Yeah. So I can only they, imagine. Oh, my gosh. And, like, one of the shows I had sold out and I had to reschedule. Oh. And it was, like, on a day that hardly anyone could come. So I'm just like, great. There's 10 people here. we yeah. um, Which is still right. an audience. And, obviously, you know, but it's from – anyway. So I feel like I saw your show popping up on, like, the Hollywood Fringe site – last year and maybe on my Instagram but I've seen it a bunch on my Instagram and then I saw that it was directed by Corey and I'm just like oh my god oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I want to talk to you because I know you did Hollywood Fringe last year
1: mm-hmm.
0: so but then after Hollywood Fringe you took it to Edinburgh which is my goal with my show so <laughs> how because Hollywood Fringe is in June mm-hmm. did you go to Edinburgh for the whole month like yes Oh, okay. And so I you went a month August, right? It's the whole month of August,
1: yes, yes, yes. And I did a couple previews in London before we went to um the Edinburgh Fringe.
0: Oh, nice. Where did you do it in London at the King's Head
1: Theatre in Islington? yep, That's, yeah, uh... they have a um, so when you do decide to go, you should apply because they have a preview um like a Edinburgh Fringe preview thing um where they pick I think they picked nine shows nine or ten shows and it was over the course of like maybe two weeks um and it was like they whatever was on the main stage was still happening but then Mm -hmm. after that was done then the these previews would go up and they just I guess a bunch of people applied and they picked my show which was great um and it was just a way to like preview the show and maybe get a little bit of press before you headed up you know yeah to scotland um
0: and that was great so when you were into edinburgh how many shows did you do there for a whole month that's wild
1: i think it was like 21 shows um nice. because it is the whole month but it is um i basically it's like three weeks and change And the venue I was at is an actual working cathedral. So on Sunday, so they were dark on Sundays, but they also were um, a venue that like you had said to me, oh, did you do the whole month? And I said, you know, and I did, but at this venue in particular, there are people who only do a week or do two weeks or do the first week and the last week or things like that.
0: Yeah, because I yeah. think next year, I think I have two small boys and I don't think I could be away for a whole month unless I took them with me, which I'm like, mm. um, yeah. but I'm thinking I'm probably just going to do like a week and I'm not sure which week, but I want to jam pack as many shows in that week as I can. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. I mean, I
0: think I would say do the last week because that's, what that's I was when thinking. everyone's
1: yeah. kind of calmed down and 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 have hit their stride and it's fun and you'll get there in at least even though you'll be in frenetic energy, everyone else will kind of be like, yeah, it's just fringe. It's cool. Whereas like (laughs) the first week, everyone's like, "Ah." you know, it's fucking nuts. Cause I
0: have, I I haven't done fringe or Edinburgh fringe before, but I've been there for Edinburgh fringe to see (laughs) a bunch of shows. It's wild. It's It's so, it's fucking crazy. It's like, i've never seen anything like it it's just like go from one show to another and it's so fast paced and just everybody out is like handing out flyers and all that sort of stuff so when like did you do that did you go out and like oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah
1: i know some people hire people to do that but i did not hire people um even still i think people are more likely to come to your show if they get the flyer from you and it's your face on the flyer Yeah, (laughs) like or they're at least more likely to take your flyer i think yeah Because there are like people there who's like, oh, it's just my summer gig. And I'm flyering on the Royal Mile, you know, for whatever show and they don't care, you know, but you're going to be different when you're selling your show, you know? Uh Um, But maybe if I was to go again, I would hire someone and also do it with them. Like, you know, kind of try to tag team.
0: The other thing is part of the experience. Do you know- oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I, yeah. Yes. Although I know I had a girlfriend who went last year who she tried it for two days and she was like, this is not for me. And so she just didn't fly there. She was like, I will do any I will t- tweet at a million people, but I cannot walk up to people in the street. But it didn't phase me. And last year they had this huge tie in with. Um, Tick tock. Which um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much money who was getting what money from TikTok or whatever, but um they no one really cared about TikTok at the fringe. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'll do whatever. I will, I will show up to whatever thing and meet people and you know, because you're just trying to get people to see your show. Yeah. And so I went, they had like a whole storefront near the like headquarters. And I went in and they were like, if you do a 45 minute TikTok live you get a free gift and I was like 45 minutes
0: what What the hell
1: but they said that that's like the normal amount of time people do a live for which I was shocking to me but then we figured out that we would um do a tiktok so basically I did tiktok live every day while I flyered
0: oh so
1: that was really fun and my so my husband was with me so he would like and he hated flyering,
0: yeah. but
1: he would like, he had, they gave us a selfie, a, like a stick. And so he had the phone on the stick and he just followed me. And I would, so I would update the, like, and I was, I always flyered in characters. So I have this like Philly character and I would say like, uh, oh, here we are in a Royal Mile. Okay. So down there about a half a miles the, is the castle. But if you go the other way, that's the palace. Okay. So that's why it's called the Royal Mile, you know? And so I would like give like kind of a like a tourist, I'd say, okay, now we're walking past. So that's where the dog, he sat there and wait, you know, after his owner died. And so then they put up a whole statue to the dog, you know, and that's so cute. (laughs) And then I would go, and then as people walk by me, I go, Oh, here's my show. What are you doing tonight? You want to come to my show? You know? And, and then if people were rude to me, that was always fun. Cause I could turn to the, to the TikTok live and be like, can you believe these people? Like, what the hell they're here for the fringe. And they don't even want to, you know, so it was like kind of fun. Yeah. I will say like, I don't, I never cared about TikTok, but like doing these, doing the flyering live somehow made the flyering more fun and also made TikTok more
0: fun Yeah.
1: uh, because there was such a purpose and an action, but you have it. And um, it's a beast. It is a beast. And you flyer, 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 and then you get to the, you get to the theater and you're like, okay, so how many tickets do we have sold? You know? And they're like, oh, you had four sold. And you're like, oh, cool, 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 cool. And then right before the show starts they're like
0: oh so 12 more people showed up and you're like okay great you know like flyering works so yeah it's a hustle like the whole thing is is a hustle and anytime anyone's doing a solo show I'm just like you know what just be prepared to hustle and just spam everybody and fly and do all that stuff because you know what once you do get the audience and the audience enjoy your show then that's why it's worth it you know yes for um, sure, it it is a hustle, twenty four seven. Would you ever go back to London and do? Have you heard of the Soho Theatre?
1: Yes, yes, I have. Would,
0: yeah. Have you applied to them?
1: I've never applied there, no. But I should because um, my friend Courtney Peroso did her the first show that her and Corey Podell worked on, Gutter Plum, um, did its premiere the theater in London, and then went for fringe in twenty nineteen. Um, I don't know if she's doing her she has one this year called Vanessa 5000 that's going to the fringe through stamp town so I I don't know if that previews at the at Soho London but I should apply there I just never I didn't last year Um, I, I came into doing the fringe all of the fringe from like such a weird like side door because it wasn't I guess the entire journey of Queen of Fishtown, my solo show has been kind of this weird, like, oh, I guess I'm turning left here. And then it's like all green lights. And I was trying to go straight and it was just all red lights. And so I keep taking these kind of like left turns. So I originally wrote the show as a television pilot.
0: That's actually what I was going to ask you next. I was actually going to backtrack and talk. let's talk about the Queen of Fishtown. Okay. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we just jumped that. right
1: into the fringe. <laughs> <We which> just,
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, Especially
1: when it's on the forefront of your mind, like you're know, about to do Hollywood Fringe. It's like yeah, it's it literally just there. Right here.
0: Uh, but let's 24/7. go back and yeah, let's talk about like what inspired you to actually start this show because this is the other thing too. Like when people are starting a solo show, like I know for me, I'm just like I didn't know where to start, and then I was just like, well, my life's been fucking crazy. I'm going to talk about my life and so it's all like true stories it's all this and the other but I know so many people who have different inspirations so Mm -hmm. tell us about your inspiration and how it all came about okay um yeah um
1: my show is not autobiographical um and it's funny because it's kind of a bigger character there's 10 characters in the show but uh the main character um it's interesting because I did the show last year in Ventura, right after Hollywood Fringe, and they had a Q and A. And the first question I got was, "So, how much of this, you know, how much of this story is live? And I was like, "Oh, made up, <laughs> a completely made up character." And and then I started talking in my normal voice, and they were like, "Oh, oh, you're doing like a whole dialect." And yeah, um, so are you from I'm, Philadelphia? I'm from the area. Yes, um, you know, people boo me when I say I'm from South Jersey, but. south jersey is the you know north jersey is more new york city and south jersey is philadelphia like they we all root for the philadelphia teams it's and my dad my both my parents grew up in philly um right around the fishtown neighborhood i had cousins that grew up and lived in fishtown my dad was in harrowgate which is a neighborhood right just south of um of fishtown um and my mom in frankfurt so they kind of they're kind of like the bread in between the fish, or on the either side of fish stuff. Um, and so I grew up going there every weekend. And my dad taught public school in Philadelphia for his whole career, um, and we went for every weekend, every holiday. That's where the family was. And um, I was in the Groundlings Sunday Company about ten years ago, and. In the Growling Sunday Company, you write and perform a brand new sketch show every week. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a a Saturday Night Live. Like you pitch on Wednesday. You find out what's going to be in the show. By Thursday, you do some rewrites. And then you get your parts. You have your show. You're trying to costume everything, memorize everything. And then on Sunday night, you do the show. And I had put up a character. I put up a sketch um, that I would say is the initial inspiration for what eventually became queen of fishtown um based on when my aunt who lived in a little bit more northeast philadelphia she was uh at her surprise a surprise birthday party she i remember i was a little kid she was so mad that they (laughs) threw her a surprise birthday party and my uncle, she was turning like 30. And so like, as a joke, he got like all over the hill decorations uh-huh. and she was so mad. She went to bed
0: <gasps> oh.
1: and everyone just laughed their asses off. And like, we still had a party. I was like, I was young. I was yeah. probably seven or eight. And I, you know, when you're trying to write sketches, you're just like trying to like, what could I write? What? Could I, and that like, I was like, I should do something Philly. And then I remembered that and I wrote that sketch And for years, people would say, like, I love that Philly character, you know, that she was so mad. And my husband, he's a writer and actor as well. And he, during the pandemic, was a machine. I mean, a writing machine. The man has so many scripts just, like, ready to go. I mean, he just writes all day long. Um, And he said to me at one point, I was not writing anything. I also was not baking bread. I was not, <laughs> um, I'm a dog. I'm a, I have a dog walking company and it's just me, but I walk dogs through the whole pandemic. So I was still working, but, um, but he had said to me at one point, you know, if you ever had a sketch that you really loved, it would make a good cold open for a pilot. Um, you know, a sketch that really killed at groundlings. And I was uh-huh. like, Oh, that's a smart idea. And then another friend of mine, uh, Courtney Daniels, um, she has a book coming out. I think about like, you can do it yourself. You can shoot it yourself, like make your own films kind of thing. Um, and she was doing like a writing, uh, like prompt exercise, whatever she was saying. She emailed a bunch of people and said, I'm going to write from 6 AM till I fall asleep, um, on Sunday and Tuesday. If anyone wants to join, we can like text each other and like check in and be each other's what's that like buddy or like, whatever yeah. Uh,
0: accountability. Accountability.
1: accountability yeah accountability um and so she wrote me that and I was like well I'm not gonna get up at 6 a.m <laughs> and I'm gonna take breaks when I want and I'm gonna eat when I want and um but yeah maybe I'll sit down and try to write this Philly thing and so I sat down and I wrote like 26 pages
0: Fucking
1: and on. I just was not expecting to do that and then Um, then I didn't think about it for like a month. And then my husband was like really close to finishing a screenplay he was working on. And I was kind of waiting for, it It was like a Friday and we were, I don't know what we were, we were waiting to do something. And while he was sitting there, I opened it up and I finished it. And it wasn't Hmm. something that I, it was, I think it was just like in there. And I just, you know, and, um, I finished the pilot and then I was like, I think this is the best thing I've ever written. And um, I had written other pilots in the past, but I really was like, I think I've done and I coverage it never like went out to studios or anything just I sent it out for coverage I sent I submitted to a couple competitions, I did a reading with some friends on zoom, I felt very like, confident in the material but. I kept getting the same kind of feedback from the readers.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and it was
1: like, we love the setting. We love the dialogue. We love the love, this, this, and this. But we don't think this show would get made because your main character is unlikable. She's too angry. And I was like, well, what does being likable have to do with entertainment?
0: Yeah. I don't um, think that has like- anything to do with it.
1: I've no, watched TV I-
0: shows. I mean, on just side note, but did anybody yeah. watch The White Lotus? Like right. none of those who's characters likeable. are likable. Who's, who's likable in
1: Succession? Who's exactly. is Jerry Seinfeld likable? Is Larry David likable? Larry likeable? David, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and how angry is that guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's because she's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, because the main character is a woman. And I was like, I wouldn't be getting these notes if this, yeah. if the main character was a man. Mm-hmm. And I just was also like, well, who are you picturing when you're reading it? Like, are you picturing Kristen Bell? Is she still unlikable? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it depends who you're picturing yeah. in your mind. And it's like, I think you just don't know anyone from Philadelphia. I think they, they, they're either laughing or they're screaming. I have a line about that in the show. I say, we're either laughing or we're screaming because the alternative <laughs> is just too soft. Yeah, And, um, it's, pa- it's like part of the makeup of the, of the city. And so that's when I was like, I think I have to show them So then I called Corey and I was like, I'm thinking about making a solo show. I don't really know yet. I don't know if I just want to, like, I don't think I want to just put a pilot on stage. And I was like, I don't want to come up with some kind of device and blah, blah, blah. And I told (laughs) her all the things I didn't want to do that, that I, she, I immediately did. So, (laughs) um, I came up with this device we came up with this device where I'm, um, I break the fourth wall throughout the show as the main character, Kathleen, and I'm sitting on my stoop, um, my front stoop, which is very like Philly, yeah. old school Philly neighborhood. And I'm kind of talking to the audience like they're my neighbors. And um, and that, once we kind of bro- broke that nut open then it was great because I was able, I was able to talk a lot more about the neighborhood of Fishtown, which mm-hmm. is infa- like infamous neighborhood. It was the worst, one of the worst neighborhoods in the city for like 80 years, a hundred years. And wow. in 2018, I think Forbes magazine said it was the hottest neighborhood in America. Oh shit. So in the last like 10, I guess 15 years, it's been completely gentrified. Yeah. And, but there's still when you go there, like you still see like the old school people that have lived there for generations. Mm -hmm. And that's my character and that's her house. And so she lives in like a traditional row home. And then there's like brand new modern construction on either, you know, million dollar row homes with, yeah with rooftop patios and, and 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 stuff like that. So she's kind of there and you meet her you meet the neighborhood but then once she goes in the house you meet her family and it's a surprise party so there's that <laughs> there's and she's mad about the surprise party and um but you come to find out that like the neighborhood is kind of holding a mirror to her own life like change is inevitable. The kids are growing up, she's growing up. She's you know th- stuff's coming up with health stuff's coming up with you know uh uh, familial cycles and um so there's a lot of different themes in the show but uh it's been an interesting journey like putting putting all of that what I imagined to be a television show into now a play and now I can kind of only see it as a play and I'm trying to I've gone back now to the original pilot and I'm Trying to infuse some of the I, now I break the fourth wall in the in the television yeah. show like so the, the the doing the play has been so instrumental in like breaking open what the series would look like as well so it's like they still both exist but yeah yeah anyway I feel like have I just talked, talked for so long I'm sorry no, no,
0: it's good it's <laughs> really interesting to hear all of that stuff have you actually thought about like just shooting a pilot like getting all your friends together and like all your film because this is the, this is also L A like everybody has someone has a camera someone's got sound stuff you know what i mean have yes. you thought about just shooting a pilot i've thought about it i don't think i'm there just yet i think i'm
1: still right now doing a reapproach on the pilot also i'm still performing the play so yeah. oh I- that's right cuz you're going to new york yes i'm going to be june, in new york right? june 8 8th 9th 10th and 11th at under st mark's theater um which is like east village it's a Uh very uh iconic new york like eclectic uh basement theater um and actually i'm doing the show with two other solo performers from the edinburgh fringe from last year and um, so how did that
0: come about because i feel like i saw your post and it said like this is it a festival or no it's not a festival it it's just, just something...
1: these, it's just these three shows. So this, um, this person, uh, Lauren Arnson, I think I'm saying her na- last name, right? Arnson, but she is a stage manager and she stage managed a bunch of shows in the Edinburgh Fringe last year. She's from New York oh, city gotcha. and she stage manages a lot of stuff in New York. And she had said to the two performers that are coming from the UK, like, Hey, come to New York. Um, and do your shows and she reached out to me and said the same do you want to come to New York and do your show and um I think it's kind of like she's she's stage managed so many things at so many theaters and she was like you know what I want to do this is what I want to do yeah I want to bring some shows that I liked people that I like that I met at the at the Edinburgh Fringe and I want to feature them and so she's um presenting the
0: I can love that the
1: show I know it's so cool and um all three of us had performed at this venue paradise green, um, which is a a whole other conversation that when you're ready to do the Edinburgh fringe, like definitely talk to me about venues and, um, what to look for and stuff like that. But it was an interesting venue. Um, and there are other venues that are like it. it. It had been, it was its 25th year, but I feel like locals knew it. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of local companies doing stuff there. And then I think they have a lot of repeat people who come back and do one week or two weeks every year, including one of the guys that's performing with me in New York. His name's Paul Richards. And I think he's been to the fringe like 34 times. What? And I think Paradise Green is one of his like go-to spots. Um, But yeah, he, uh, he did a show last year, uh, but he's going to be, previewing basically the show he's taking this year in new york mm-hmm. and then the other guy charlie day and he's part of a theater company called fresh life theater and he's doing a show that he did last year at the fringe called um rock bottom which is like a modern reimagining of bottom from uh, midsummer
0: oh okay
1: um i haven't seen either of their shows so i'm excited about yeah. that
0: yeah, but well, that's great that you get to travel. Like this is the thing that I love about like just theater and solo shows in general is that you just you're in charge of it, and if you want to travel, you can travel. Yeah, and if yeah. you want to go abroad, go abroad. Just switching gears completely because I know okay. I know that you're not doing uh, Queen of Fish Town at Hollywood Fringe again this year, but you do yes. have you're directing a show.
1: I am. I'm directing Homeless Romantic. a show. It's called Homeless Romantic.
0: Yeah. Um, it's uh, Tony
1: Bartoloni. He is a stand-up and an actor and he did a show last year called Homeless Romantic which was um more of a stand-up special I would say mm-hmm. um and he does talk about the time the 8 years that he was uh, a homeless in Los Angeles and um he wanted to reapproach the show and create more of a narrative and, um, tell a little, tell a little bit more of his story. I think last year it was like, there was, it was a standup show. So there was a yeah. lot of jokes and, um, this, there's still a lot of jokes. It's, he's a very funny guy and the, and the show itself. Um, there's a lot of funny stories in it. Um, but there's also a lot of real raw, um, heartbreaking stuff as well. He's telling yeah. his story and he, we met during the fringe last year and he had reached out to me and said, Hey, would you, consider um directing and so I've been helping him kind of shape the show and yeah he opens on June 4th and he's going to be at the I know I'm going to say it wrong thymally
0: Thymally? I I say femal but I think I'm just I don't even know I just I think that's just what I see I'm like femal arts yeah and I don't even know if I just like I'm not even looking at the word right because I feel like you're saying it right, and I'm like, I just feel like I pulled that out my ass. <laughs> out.
1: yeah. That, I think it's a like a Greek, like a Greek goddess of some kind. No um, idea, but I, I don't know. He's going to be in the Kansas room, I believe, um, and he'll be doing a bunch of shows and, um, yeah. So that's been an interesting, um, you know, thing helping him with that and. I also am doing a play with someone I met at the Hollywood Fringe last year named Chris Haas. And uh he had a show last year in the Hollywood Fringe called Meeting Across the River. Okay. That I went to see. And it was kind of like a Tarantino esque, like heist gone wrong mm-hmm. with an all female cast. Oh fun. And I was just, I just thought that was so badass. I've never seen anything like that. And um we had started chat. He's from the Philadelphia area. So that's kind of how we connected. Um, and he, uh, his wife, uh, Melissa and him came to see queen of fishtown. They wore like Eagles jerseys and like, that. yeah, so it was great. Um, and that's how we met. And then he, this is his newest play. He's not doing the fringe this year. He's just, uh, uh he, it's not even opening until July. So it's like after fringe is over, but, um, it's called, um, you can't disappear in studio city and it's a nineties set. It's, I think it's going to be like an immersive thing. It's going to be on a soundstage in, in like the Burbank area. And it's a nineties set kind of mafia soap opera comedy, uh-huh. um, a mafia soap opera comedy. Um, yeah. And I would say it's kind of like a hurly burly or a speed, the plow Tarantino meets soap dish. If you know that yeah. movie from the early 90s so yeah, i we just then, i just uh, had my first yeah. rehearsal like two days ago but
0: yeah, yeah it's fun so that... much fun well let me know when Fish that's down. going on i'm gonna come and see homeless romantic that's on my list i actually picked up a flyer. i saw a flyer because i did my tech and it was in my okay. theater so i picked up a flyer um <laughs> so i'm very excited about that um yeah. are you gonna are you gonna be doing queen of fishtown anywhere else in la anytime soon because i do really, really want to think- see him
1: Thank you. Um, I am, we'll see. I am self-producing is a lot. It is I think lot. you, you it know is that. A lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I, when I initially made the solo show, the whole point of it was to try to get television producers to come mm-hmm. and, um, and then Omicron happened. And so I never got uh. to put the show up. Yeah. Um, and, but because Omicron happened, I Googled like, how do people go to the Edinburgh fringe? (laughs) And I just, I did not know anything. I, I know, I like, I, I tell a lot of people now, like I basically had a master class and please use me as a tool because I did everything myself. And, um, I mean, my husband helped me and Corey helped me, but like I was up till 3am and still working my full-time gigs and yeah.
0: Um, just every night Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and so it's a whole thing and it was a lot of work and we went to I did the Hollywood so once I got into the Edinburgh Fringe I was like I think I'll do the Hollywood Fringe in order to like prepare yeah um and so then I did the Hollywood Fringe and I won like a a a, a, uh best of Broadwater. so I got a a two show like Encore. And then I won this female voices thing, which is what took me to Ventura at the Namba Arts. And then I was like, well, I can't take this show. I can't do it in Hollywood and London and Edinburgh and not do it in Philadelphia. So then I booked a theater in Philly for in between the Hollywood fringe and London. So I went from Philly, I did a week in Philly, and then I went to London, then Edinburgh. And then I came back. And then um, the first actual thing i had applied for was united solo fest before i applied for anything because i was like oh, oh it's a solo theater thing i sold out my two shows that i ended up having in new york and that was great but it was so much work and because yeah, i imagine you to you know, be tr- doing that
0: festival in the fall okay yeah you'll be
1: great it'll be great i mean the thing is it's theater row it's 42nd street new york city it's awesome like yeah 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 i mean the only way to know is to do these different festivals and find out and it's like it's not like any of them you get to do your show
0: yeah and that's the the thing as well you get to travel you get to do your show and it's just like you know what it breathes life somewhere else and that's like right now i'm just like okay but then when i came back to la then i was like
1: okay i think you know i haven't done i hadn't done the show here since june and i just did it all over so it's like, I'm going to do one little weekend and then I'm putting it to bed. Um, my therapist said to me, it's time for the universe to show up for you, but you've left no room for the universe. Oh. So I said, okay, so I'm going to do, do it one more time because self-producing and all, and it's just like you've all the different hats you have to put on. And oh, it's so much. It's, such it's a lot. so much. And so I said, I'm going to do one more weekend and I'm going to put it to bed. And that I did the last show and two days later i got an email from a theater in florida who asked to read it and then i got an email from san San pedro um little fish theater and they'd had a cancellation in their their lineup and they asked me to come and then the same with this show in new york uh, i got a call so it was like right when i was like okay i'm not producing this sometimes you just have to let things go
0: and then yes. that's when stuff. Is, and see yeah. what
1: comes back and see where the universe wants me to point my efforts. Now, yeah. I was talking to Anne Gregory, one of the new owners of the Lyric, and she had said, Would you ever want to do it at the Lyric? And I was like, Yeah. So maybe I'll do it at the Lyric. I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah, I have to be very much, okay. I try to guard my joy. Yes. Uh, it's very, very, uh, I've just been living in LA for, you know, 17 years. And, mm-hmm pursuing the career for you know years before that even and uh when you find something that brings you so much immense joy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it's really important to protect it um not that not that my words are precious or my performance is precious I'm happy for feedback in that in those arenas Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like I remember I was writing an email about the shows that I was going to be doing in Islington. And, and I said, do you think we can get any press there? Cause isn't the point of doing the show to get press before we go up to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And I read the sentence that I had just written. And I was like, Whoa. And I like took my producer hat off. Yeah. Delete, 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 delete. And then I was just Katie Rose who's been pursuing, you know, this, this, uh, you know, the arts, a, a, a career in the arts and, my entire life yeah and I wrote I'm so excited I get to do my show for two nights in London and this is so incredible and I just want to show it to as many people as possible and you know but it's like you really do have to
0: put one you do have to yeah Yeah. and it's really really hard because it is a puzzle puzzle. we will watch the space for your next projects and your next shows and thank you for coming on
1: Well, oh uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I feel like I'd talk my face off and I don't know if I said anything useful.
0: But the point of all of this. So yeah, yeah. I love hearing this stuff. I know listeners like hearing this stuff. So yeah, so thank you so much. When
1: you you do the Hollywood Fringe, just, you know, you know, because you did it last year. But, Mm -hmm. you know, but even though your time got cut short, but I had so much fun. And doing that's the, the thing, Hollywood fringe.
0: Yeah. I'm just really, really excited. I'm doing They're... five shows this year and I just can't wait. Yeah. It's
1: going to, and see as many shows as you can and yeah. right early on, right away, try to see as much as you can. Um, yeah. I, it, it, I just had so much fun. I met so many great people. And now a year later here, I am working with a few of them. So it's go. been a good time. I really, I wish you the best of luck and break legs and, and, uh, and when you're ready to talk about Edinburgh, and, you know, hit me up seriously, seriously hit me up. I'm I will. Thank happy you to talk about so it.
0: much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And bye. Bye. Right. Thank you. On.
1: Bye. Bye bye bye. <laughs>